Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelo. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. You know, through last month, and we started getting into a little bit this month, we've been talking about financial planning, financial planning awareness. And one of the larger topics on financial planning really comes down to college costs and, you know, educating our children. What's it really cost us? And, you know, what's the qualitative and quantitative costs of college? And so those are some big words for what's it really going to cost. To help us today, I have one of my partners over at CNA Financial Group, Sam Soprano, CFP. Sam, welcome. Pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thanks, Frank. It's a pleasure to be here. And for our guests, you know, our listeners, Sam has been on the show several times. Uh, he also has a radio show that he does. And, you know, this is was an interesting topic when Sam and I first started talking about it, since we do have children or grown children that are around the same age, and the two of us just recently finished paying for college. And, you know, so it's kind of like, We've been through the war. You know, we've seen what it's like. We see what the real numbers are. And we thought it would be a great topic to really talk about. And the reason why we bring that up is in the, you know, the bigger picture, every time that we put money towards college and things of that nature, it's that much less that we're actually going to have towards retirement and other things we want to do in our life. So we want to be as prudent as we could be. And it's, you know, hey, we talk about stewardship all the time, time, talent, and treasure, being responsible, doing the right things. And so when we think in terms of college, let's see what should we be doing, what do we need to be aware of. So with that in mind, you know, I'm going to you know, turn over to Sam for a few minutes. And, Sam, I know that you've done a lot of research on this regarding costs and things yeah, of that nature. There, so there's, there's so much stuff out there. Um, one of the things that uh, the Gallup poll out over in Princeton uh, did a survey in March of this year and what they found was I thought was very interesting in that 70% of all college graduates still have student loans to repay. 70%. With the average balance. when you said that. Yes. That's yes. a big number. It is. It is. And the balance is $33,000. You know, and that's up from 18000 just 10 years ago. So we see that the cost of, of college, and, you know, when we talk about, because I still have one left in college. I have another year and a half to go. Um, the end is in sight. The end is in sight. And I just see the difference in cost between my first one and my third one. It's $20,000. Um, when yeah. you say 20000 per year or cumulatively? No, per year. When my youngest daughter went to college, it was 25000 And now this one, it's up to 45000 um, That's a so big number. It, it's a very big number. And uh, there was a couple other things that um, I wanted to bring up was – you know, currently there are more than 40 million American um, Americans have student loans, okay? Which, if you think it and put it in perspective, the population with student loans is actually greater than the entire population of Canada, Poland, North America, Australia, and more than 200 other companies, countries, rather. Um, so it, and it's also about four times greater than the population of Sweden. So you put that into perspective, there's a lot of debt. And I think people lose sight of what that debt really does to them because it impacts them for years to come. Um, there's another um, article out by Kyle McCarthy um, that wrote student, or st people with student loans, their quality of life is not as good as people without student loans. And why is that? Well, mainly because when you come out of college at age 22 or 23 and have 70, 80, 120,000 in debt, which a lot of students do, the impact is you have less cash flow, 
your the inability to go buy a piece of property, a home, a condo, what have you. All that's you. delayed. It all all has delayed. And what happens between twenty three and thirty three? Well, you know, you you get your first job, you maybe buy that car, you buy a home, you get married, you start a family. All these things that are happening in that ten year span, and you're saddled with a tremendous amount of debt. And then I'm not saying that education isn't worth it. A lot of times. It's been proven that someone with a college education makes more money than someone who doesn't. But I think we have to take into consideration at what cost. And in years past, you know, as we know, in the 50s, only the rich went to college, the 40s and 50s, just the rich. And 60s and 70s and 80s, middle class by the hundreds of thousands went to college. When I was in college, my overall cost, and I lived away, was $2,800 a year. Uh, I mean... I remember those days. Yes, yes, the black and white TVs. <laughs> <laughs> I did have one of those. Yeah, yes. Um, but nowadays, before you go shell out forty dollars or $50,000, I think you really have to determine if your A, is your child college material? And a lot of times kids go off to college and they have no idea what they want to do. And it's a very large price tag for just trying to find yourself. You know, it's interesting is, you know, we, we've spoken before on a couple of these topics, and, you know, one of the biggest things that I always, you know, try to coach people on is you go to college on purpose. And when we say on purpose is, um, you know, I used to hear, you know, people say, well, I want my child to have that college experience. Right. And it's yeah. like, what does that mean, the college experience? It's yeah. like, okay, you want – to go and learn how to live away from home. You want to teach them how they should, you know, manage their liquor. Um, right. Wh- wh- where are we going with that conversation? Yeah. And we try to justify it. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why that goes on is because what we're trying to do is we're trying to have our kids be a little bit more better rounded or whatever the case right. may be. And it, you don't need to do it if it's going to put you in debt or if it's going to cost you significantly in the long run. Right. And I, I am one of those people that have always said, I think everyone should go away to college because it's a great experience. But when the price tag is, you know, 35, 40, 45, 50, I, I have some friends that their kids are at $60,000. That is way too much money to go find yourself. And in years past, everyone went to a four-year college, and people looked down on, on the community college experience. And yet, I think the time has come where if you don't know what you want to do, then you should go to a county college for two years, A, see if you like it, B, get your grades up, because a lot of times coming, you know, we always talk about there are, um, there's a college for everybody. Okay. I mean, you may have to go west of the Mississippi River, but I don't care what your grades are. You could probably get into some college somewhere. It's just a matter of how much you want to spend. And nowadays, I think if you don't know what you want to do, you're not sure, there's nothing wrong with going to a county college for two years until you figure it out. I agree 100%. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting when you're saying that, which is when you do the math on it. Um, you know, and naturally, you know, this our show deals a lot with finances. Mm-hmm. If someone's unsure, okay, I'd rather them be unsure at say five thousand for the year than fifty five thousand exactly. or forty thousand for the year. And if they put a couple years behind them and it gives them an opportunity to identify what it is they want to do, I could be seventy to eighty thousand dollars less in debt or the child 
can can have that much yeah. less debt and come out. Yeah, I you know we ha- we have a, a friend of ours whose you know son did not do well in high school, didn't have good grades, um, and went to Ocean County College for two years and did really well. And finally, you know, found himself, applied, so forth. Figured out how to study. Figured out how to study. And after two years, winds up getting into TCNJ, which is a very hard school to get into, where at a, coming out of high school, there was no chance in the world of him getting in that school. So in that particular situation, A, I think Ocean County might be three or $4,000 a year. So he got two years of education for less than 10000 And now he's spending the last two years at a top-notch college, living the college life, and he's going to walk away with no debt. And he's going to school on purpose at this point because he's going for a particular major, not just going in and saying, let me figure it out for a couple of years and right. see how I do. So I, I, I think, unfortunately, college has um, made it so expensive that you can't afford the luxury of going and saying, well, you know, I'll figure it out once I get there. Because, you know, at thirty-five dollars or $40,000, it adds up quickly. And it's not so much the – well, it is thirty-five dollars or $40,000. But it, when you take into consideration that that's money that you no longer have on your balance sheet and what the potential that money would have grown to. So, for example, if, if I'm spending $40,000, which is what I'm spending right now for my daughter, um, that's $160,000. Now – you know, had I not spent that, and I wouldn't begrudge her college education, of course, but $160,000 invested over 10, 20, Absolutely. or 30 years, you know, upwards of a half a million dollars. Yeah, we refer to those as opportunity costs. Absolutely. Which is, you know, same, I know you have three, I did three. Yeah. When you calculate that opportunity cost between the time that you've spent the money and then you sit there and you figure out what that was worth up until the time of retirement, it could have been a million dollars. Oh, absolutely. I, I jokingly tell my three daughters that, you know, if it weren't for them, I'd be retired. <laughs> I thought you were retired. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All kidding aside. Sam, you know, one of the other things, you know, people think in terms of, you know, when they're looking at colleges. So a takeaway for our listeners, you know, and just a couple things before we go to the next topic is, number one, go to school on purpose. Know what you're going for. Right. Number two, don't be afraid to utilize community colleges yep. as a way to kind of find yourself, get yourself started. And then transferring in, so this is number three, to another school, such as a, a good quality school, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. is easier, okay, oftentimes, not a guarantee, but is often easier to transfer in after you've gone to a good two-year school Absolutely. than showing up day one and trying to get into one of those better schools. A- absolutely. And then the next one that I would you know, say that we'll, maybe we'll spend a little time on is um, there's perception of cost, private Okay, versus like a state school. Right. And you and I have talked about this in the past. Maybe spend a little time just talking about, um, you know, cost of private, cost of... Sure. You know, the, you know right now, um, based on, you know, which study you want to look at, um, a in-state cost in 2013-14, so last year, uh, the average was about $22,800 for in-state uh, college, where a private school is about forty-four thousand. So now that's almost double. Yeah. Now that twenty-two thousand, I think, is a low number because if you look at a, a Rutgers or a TCNJ with room and board, which is you're you, closer to thirty, you're close to thirty thousand dollars. And people have this illusion that well, I, I should go to a state school because it's cheaper, and that's really not the case in a lot of times. Not always. You got it. Yeah, because most private schools offer money. 
um, whether it's academic money or financial aid, everyone has some type of package. And when you factor that in, because typically in state schools there is no Right. Um, there's no merit scholarships. There's very, very, very little money. Very small percentage. Very small percentage. But in most private schools, I mean, I, every school we looked at said, listen, you know, we'll give you 10 grand. Uh, and it wasn't based on financials, based on the fact academics. that everybody, academics, everybody gets it. So when you factor that in, there's very, not a big difference between a private school and a public school. Now, I'm not saying that a private school is better than a, pro- a public school. But I think people tend to limit their options because they feel that the private schools are out of their financial reach. And I think that's a big misconception and that you, shouldn't, you should basically look at the schools you want to look at, see which ones you like because that's a big factor, and then start talking about money because there's so much more opportunity with a private school for those type of grants and scholarships and, and aid. And uh, I think most people don't understand that. I, I think that's – you know. Great advice, and you know it's interesting. Out of my three that went through, I had one that went to you know a state school, two of them went private. The two that went private, both of them did get academic money, mm-hmm. and you know so one of the you know points of advice for our listeners is the investment that you make in your children early on with regard to when they're in high school, when they're in middle school, and even if you have younger children, and teaching them good study habits spending time with them so that they have good grades, they have good SATs, they have all, you know, all of the, you know, criteria necessary that right. when they go to school, they've got a great foundation to be successful and mm-hmm. the investment that you made of your time and your patience cuz it takes both. Uh, absolutely. Will come back to you financially potentially later, which is when they go to school and they say, "Hey, you know what, based upon your GPA, based upon, you know, what mm-hmm. we see here in your background, you know what? You know, we can give you five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand a year on academics. Right, and it, again, and now schools are starting to get away from SATs. Um, there are quite a few who don't even require them, which I, you know, I have mixed emotions about that. But um, I actually am a believer that I, I think that if you have good students that gets good grades, it should be that, not come yeah, down to well, one test. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking. But uh, well, we won't go there. Well, <laughs> but again, I'll look using my own children. Well, every one of them had, you know, very, very good, high GPAs taking advanced placement classes, and yet none of them did well on the SAT scores. I had similar. Um, you know, they were kind of middle of the road, and yet, you know, one of them was 12th in the class out of 750. So they ha- they were very smart, and they did well in college, but the SAT thing was a little bit of a problem. Most schools are do- going away with that, so it's more important to take advanced placement classes, to do well in school, get a good class rank, get a good GPA, because that's holding a lot more weight these days than your SAT score. You know, that's the old thing of getting an education versus getting good grades, which is you know, the, getting that education and good grades versus the ability to pass a test and get a great grade and thinking, well, that's just going to be right. it. And it was like, well, you happen to just do well on the test. It doesn't mean you're going to be a great student. Exactly. So and it's kind of that, you know, two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, college can be a lot of different things, um, and it's really what you make of it. But I think when you're looking at schools, uh, don't shortchange yourself. Look at the the ones that make sense for your child 
Um, and then secondary would become, okay, how are we going to pay for it? And honestly, there's nothing wrong with going to a county college for two years until they find themselves. Exactly. And, and, and just as an FYI, and you know, I'll, I'll kind of end on this one, which is you know, there's a lot of people that come out of college and can't find jobs. Absolutely. Okay? Large numbers. Our country at this point actually has a shortage in a lot of the trades. Yes. You know, which is, you know, plumbers, electricians, carpenters. There's less of those and less people that have been spending their time getting these good trade educations. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those blue collar, what they call tradespeople, are actually earning at or above the college at level at this point in time. Well, it's funny you say that because in the paper this week there was a story on just that article and that tradespeople are making six-figure incomes. Exactly. So for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Our guest today is Sam Soprano over at CNA Financial Group, and this has been Frank Congelos, your host. If you have questions, you could write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at ifrw.com. Thank you, and have a blessed week.